This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and any education is incidental. While the host may use clean language, the content that you're talking about has no such guarantees. Between them, Heather and Nicole have over 40 years of music experience and over 40 years of dance. Point and Play is where they sit down with you to talk about their thoughts and opinions. I'm Heather and I'm Nicole and today in our first episode of our new podcast point and play we are going to be talking about what role music and dance play in our lives and why those things are important to us oh yeah (laughs) I'm excited yeah (laughs) we have been planning this podcast for two years two plus years yeah uh so um I am Primarily, training-wise, I am a ballet dancer. I started ballet when I was about three. I took like maybe two years off in there. And up through my adulthood, I picked up jazz in middle school. I did some modern in high school. I did varying styles of hip-hop in various contexts throughout high school and college. I did more contemporary in college. And then I spent... Uh, four years teaching at a studio near me. For music, I have, again, kind of serially picked up instruments <laughs> over my lifetime. Uh, our I, mom... I was going to uh, say a lot of people in our family have done that. <laughs> yeah, we're not unique there. Our mom taught me rudimentary music or vocal uh, performance and just the bare bones basic of piano notes and keys when I was very tiny and then I started official piano training in fifth grade cello in sixth grade picked up clarinet as a freshman in high school played steel drum for a year uh grabbed a saxophone for college taught myself teaching myself currently flute and trumpet and I I also have, I definitely do not have enough to call myself an expert, but like I have enough that I can play kind of in a pit, a musical pit scenario. I can play some hand drums, including the djembe. Um, I did take a year of uh, African hand drums in college. So for me, when I kind of consider in my life what music, what about music matters to me and what about dance matters to me biggest things that they do is give me this creative outlet to kind of paint a picture, Uh, which is kind of odd because, you know, painting exists as a thing. But I I really love the thing that I love about music and dance is the, the coming up with it. I really love choreographing dance. I love it's picking kinest- apart. It's kinesthetic. It is. It's, it's very it's, physical. It's kinesthetic physical <laughs> art versus tactile physical art. Yes. And I, I just, I love coming up with the the movements that are going to be the most fun and make the most sense and, and, and show off the performers. I don't really care personally about being on stage myself. I just really like the puzzle pieces of putting together a performance. Uh, and then with, with music, it's kind of the same way. I really like arranging. I really like pit orchestra, <laughs> pit um, musical 
music because you can have the perfect score <laughs> for your for your show and you as a pit compose as a pit uh performer you're gonna have to make some adjustments because <laughs> that's just oh, how I that have goes. so many stories we so have yeah stories. we will get just into from one musical but oh mm. we will have mm. we will have uh musical pit performance stories as an episode i promise just not oh, yet good. <laughs> we'll gotta, oh good gotta write that down because yeah heather and i both have a backlog of experiences <laughs> there uh there's some interesting things that happen but that's one of the reasons why i really love musicals as a show as a musician because it's never the same thing twice it's never perfectly laid out it's never exactly what you know, is written on the page. And that's fun. It's a fun puzzle to pull apart and put back together. And mm. I really love composing music for the same reason. Uh, I'm also currently, I mentioned that I, I taught dance for four years at a studio. I'm currently teaching music. And I have been there for, actually, four and a <laughs> half years currently. <laughs> um, I picked up this studio a little bit after I started at that, da- that dance studio I was at previously. But uh, I, I really like, I don't like classroom teaching. That would not be a good fit for me. But I really, really, really enjoy sitting down with a student and figuring out like, okay, what do you need? And kind of, you know, almost, again, kind of that puzzle of like, where are they? Where do we need them to be? What are they mm-hmm. looking for in lessons? And what 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 puzzle pieces can I shift around and move into place to get them to be the performer or the musician that they are looking to be and teaching is its own skill set oh teaching is totally its its own own skill set separate on top of everything else yeah uh but the thing that i really care about is that that almost dissecting of pulling apart a scenario and saying okay what do we need from this choreography what do we need from this music what do we need for this performer to be at their best because that's really fun for me. I really, really, really like that. And the mm. more I get the chance to do that, the better, in my opinion. Cool. My turn. So, oh, I'm going to start with music. I, same as Nicole, learned basics of piano from our mom. Basics of vocals. I don't actually have memories of her teaching me singing. I have memories of singing with her. Mom and I did a lot of mini performances in like church and for very small groups that people like just asked us to do it that they knew us starting when I was very young. Um, I started learning piano in third grade officially and then did orchestra starting with violin the next year, continuing with piano. Did choir in fifth grade only, moved on to middle school, and while still doing piano and violin, picked up percussion as my focus, specifically geared towards the mallet instruments. So I play marimba, xylophone, vibraphone, glockenspiel, all of those as my real honed-in focus in percussion, but I just... Started basic percussion in sixth grade, did percussion ensemble, which was a before school extracurricular group, and then um, stopped piano and violin when I started marching band and 
was again percussion focused marimba mainly throughout high school i joined choir sophomore year and i did choir through the rest of high school um was in theater and did musicals and everything and then in college was in the orchestra which was a orchestra of band instruments and orchestral instruments and percussion all together um concert orchestra and i was in that for all four years um as well as choir for three of those years and then did pit orchestra for two shows and then with dance uh same thing as nicole started when i was three stopped after a couple of years did it again for a couple years in elementary school stopped and was not stopping of my request other circumstances were having (laughs) me stop and i would beg nicole to teach me how to do different things in dance and like i wanted dance shoes again i kept my old dance shoes for years uh and then middle school mom in middle school mom uh signed me up for a jazz class i was the only student there was a student roughly my age who was the only one in a ballet class they put us together and so then i was learning ballet jazz and then my junior and senior year one semester each i learned the beginnings of tap and then in college in a less structured form was still dancing in a extracurricular group um since graduating college i haven't done anything specific with dance but i forgot i have been involved in a concert orchestra through a church that i attend um again mostly playing marimba and uh glockenspiel and then timpani has been the instrument that i've actually been doing a lot of and timpani is beautiful i play a lot of hand auxiliary instruments Uh, i do play guitar that i've self-taught basic chords um and music itself for me Oh, jeez. Yeah, why music, Heather? (laughs) Why music, Heather? Why are all of your tattoos music-themed in some way as well? Um, (laughs) Yeah, you have a theme going I literally have decided that all of my tattoos that I ever get will have something music-based in them because music is so a part of my life daily. Like, right now, I'm not practicing marimba. I'm not actively doing anything in a structured environment because current circumstances mean the world is not doing that right now and i sing at work i sing at home i sing in the car songs i make up songs on the radio songs that are in my head i will randomly be drumming beats places i will just dance for the sake of dancing uh we have another sibling who was told that life isn't a disney musical because people don't just break out into song and dance about what they're doing and their response was literally, oh, wait, no, my sibling does. And that was like over 10 years ago. Uh, I would make up songs walking to piano class. I'd be making up songs about what I'm seeing in the world around me. And for me, music and dance are both very tactile things. I prefer percussion and I prefer vocals of all of the different things that I've learned to play because i physically feel it i feel the beat what i'm hitting is unnecessary it's not the important piece it's the actual action of hitting it 
um, and singing is a physical expression. Dance is very, very, very physical connecting. I also love acting for a same way. For me, the audience is who gets to join in and kind of feed off their energy, not so much what is their opinion of me or like, am I the star or any of that? So I loved doing the pit orchestra, loved acting, loved dancing, even if it's just me in my daily life, because the performance of it is amazing. There is a euphoria with performing for me personally, but I also love composing music. I also love choreographing dance. Um, there is an artistry to it. There is a creativity to it. But for me, it's such a, when words fail, there is still an action you can do and there's still a sound you can make and create story. And I am somebody that is story driven. Uh, it's why I love reading. It's why I love writing. It's why I love writing poetry. I love listening to people's life stories. I love sharing stories from my life and music and dance are other art forms to convey a story. And it is very just integral. So even though I'm not actively doing music right now, I'm always actively doing music. And I had a uh, previous coworkers that would come in and think that the radio was on because I would be singing just as I'm washing dishes or as I'm doing things. And they knew that I was working that day. <laughs> and this is when no one is around. I, it doesn't matter. I just will be creating music and melodies. And sometimes I remember them later and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I create a song and play it on the piano for a year and then don't play it for a year and hope that I remember it later. It's fine. I always think it's <laughs> it's fascinating and part of uh, the reason we wanted to start out the podcast this way or at least what I was thinking, is that music and dance are not always about performance. It's not always about being the person in the spotlight and getting up on the stage and and really just, you know, shining out there on your own. People get into these fields for so many different reasons. And I think, at least for myself, uh, I'm not sure, Heather, how you feel about it, but like, quite honestly, I don't like being the performer. I love dancing and I love playing my instruments and I love singing and I love being in there and I love going to rehearsal, but I don't really like the show. <laughs> I love <laughs> I rehearsals, like being in the show. But my favorite thing with performances, and this is dance, especially with choir, I love when you have rehearsed things well enough and you know it well enough that you're doing it excellently in the performance. If I, if I don't feel good about it, I don't want to perform. We're not there yet. I'm not going to flub my way through it. Please know. I want to do it well. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I want it to be excellent. And then with choir and dance specifically, the point when you lose yourself in your own, like you, you're just doing what you're supposed to be and you can step back mentally and enjoy the show. Choir is surround sound and dance is community and friends. Orchestra's slightly it's a sim similar thing but i don't tend to get the same level of like surround sound connection with it but no singing in choir and just doing your part and you guys are all so good that you can actually just enjoy it around you is beautiful absolutely beautiful that's fair yeah, and see, I love watching other people have those kinds of shows. <laughs> I like <laughs> choreographing or composing and coming up with a thing and then watching that stellar performance. That's fun. Mm -hmm. 
I like to feel that energy from the sidelines. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So today I showed Nikki a video from Queen of Hearts. Well, it's not from the Queen of Hearts, but it's the Queen of Hearts <laughs> dance in Alice in the, through the Looking Glass, I think is the official ballet title. Is it not Alice's Adventures in Wonderland? That's it. There we go. <laughs> yep. It wasn't just Alice in Wonderland. There was some flavor to it. But uh, specifically the oh, Queen okay. of Hearts, as she is testing the tarts given to her by her henchmen and it was it's a comedy uh it's very good it's very good i would say the technique in it is beautiful and not just because the dancing was well done but there's comedy in it there's angles that the dancers create with their bodies um that don't follow the typical classical line but it gets across the point of the character. Uh, facial expressions on point. Beautiful. I love the the costuming and the makeup that is done, especially for the queen, because, like, her super high arched eyebrows. Oh, yeah. No, they, they definitely made her look like the character on the playing card in makeup and costuming in the best way. Yeah. And I think there are four primary other dancers with her throughout the video um that are the like the ace or something they're, they're playing cards. They're, they're playing there's cards. a two there's you a remember the numbers three, i don't <laughs> a seven a two and a four oh. i'm looking at it currently well, i closed the screen and i'm trying to get my cat off my desk okay he got down how dare you he was trying Your to eat the foam and he shouldn't eat the soundproofing foam oh, and he goodness. doesn't understand this concept and i was trying to do it quietly and then it wasn't working anyway um (laughs) so it's a really interesting dance number because it's her moment to shine but it's her interactions with the other uh dancers on screen at that moment on stage at the actual performance but on our screen that really make it because she's making choices with them she's responding to their actions but it's all on her but they matter. If you took them out and swapped them with anyone else, it wouldn't work as well. But yeah, it it her entrance very... is also mwah, gorgeous because <laughs> she comes out of a giant. What my brain thinks of as a cake, it's not a cake, but it like is a giant heart that opens up and then she steps out. Like hello, I'm here. Anyway, sorry. What? Oh, it's me. So I think the thing that I really, really, really like in this video. I think more than really anything else is how much they take incredibly traditional ballet choreography, traditional classical choreography, and then it turns it into a comedy. It turns it into a parody because the dance doesn't go as planned, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Like, obviously, it's choreographed. Obviously, it's going as planned for the performers. But from an audience perspective, they do a really good job of making it look like, oh, she's going to turn here and then go to him. And then, oh, he did the wrong thing. How dare he? Yep. And it's it's great. And it's I don't I honestly don't think it's something that you need to know what they're quote unquote supposed to have done it just you can tell by their expressions that it's not how it should have gone they're 
their acting sells that part and it's wonderful. My favorite thing that happens in that entire clip is she goes into these splits yeah. and then <laughs> rolls through straddle into the other split and looks at the playing card and then like literally pushes off what my brain she like pulls herself along the yeah. floor like a toddler that doesn't want to walk it's and like, is really upset it, about it my brain goes like butterfly for swimming except that it's on the floor <laughs> and yeah. she's pu- pulling herself along again facial expressions just are a look look as many times as you want through the video and follow <laughs> one person and stare at their face oh yeah <laughs> That's Follow good. their facial expression journey. Hers are amazing, but the the playing cards are as well. Um, at the beginning of the video, that she has a very interesting interaction with, uh, I believe the Jack. Watch it. Watch what he does. There's a moment of comedy that I think will go over some people's heads and won't others, and it's fine. Um, but I so just so <laughs> that there's no confusion in case anyone is listening to us talk about this and be like, video what where. We are always going to put the video or article or website or whatever it is mm-hmm. we are talking about and reacting to in both our show notes and up on our Twitter the same day that we release yeah. uh, that episode. So if you can't find it, Let feel us free know. to like tweet at us, ask us for help because we are going to put this up multiple places. Yeah. Uh, and, and as we figure out a little bit more exactly what people need to be able to track what we're watching and and using uh we might even add to that list but this video is hilarious it's great and Um, this is just our reaction to it these are the first thoughts that are coming to it we're not critiquing it it's just this is what stood out um this this is what we on a on a single watch through what regardless both of us have seen this video before but regardless of it's whether or not we we have seen something before in a moment like uh, the first things that I that really really stood out to me was just that twist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the I I think there's one moment, and you have to trust your partners um, in that dance in oh, general. Yeah. But even more so when you're doing what is expected and then twisting it, because if their <laughs> brain goes off at any point, yeah, their years of training might go. This is what should happen. And then, well, I don't. You, I don't think it's that bad. No, because but you want to be careful with not, making sure that you're not at any point going to make a mistake with your partner. And oh there's yeah, yeah. Multiple yeah. people doing stunts, doing lifts, doing turns, doing. I, the, I moved out of the way right at the right second, <laughs> and doing yeah. it while acting, while being comedic, while responding, and making it look as if that wasn't what should have happened. I think the only real time in the dance where they ever just do something where it's it, you know, shouldn't be that way or whatever. It really is the end where they have that whole like quartet of of people dancing. Um, they and spun I'm not gonna, her when they spun yeah. her and had to she lands with her butt facing the audience tutu <laughs> in the air and they landed her on the beat and you have to practice and make sure oh, that, that was yeah that you are not dropping her harshly that you're dropping her exactly mm-hmm. on her mark how like you can't just do an extra half spin or something no um, yeah i love it it's it's a great <sighs> same with like whenever people think of opera and they're all everything's so serious and so dramatic <laughs> If you actually know no. what's taking place in some of those operas, absolutely not. 
and we're I, going I to. I think ag- that's such the weirdest misconception. This like is my Shakespeare, final with Shakespeare this. is also well, not. not even, it, I, I just want to say, with <laughs> art in general, generally speaking, with every art form I have ever heard about, learned about, studied, practiced, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Especially performance arts of all kinds. Anything you in your entire life have ever heard of as being stuffy and esoteric and boring, you're probably just not. You're missing it. Actually, you're not giving, paying attention to given, it. Not paying attention, or maybe you're not given context. Yeah, or maybe it just hasn't been shown to you in a way that is Shakespeare actually uses an older English version, which means that like if you actually know what the words are that he's yeah. saying. It's, if you translate it's not Shakespeare to modern, <laughs> if you translate Shakespeare to modern vernacular, it's it's lewd and dirty mm-hmm. and funny and absurd. And then if you operas, actually know if you actually translate operas, yeah. or, or get context for what's going on in the opera, they are they're sitcoms. Risque. They're they sitcoms. Are. They are. They're just they're just sitcoms where you have to be very <laughs> professionally trained singer to uh, perform them for people. And then the ballets uh, aren't all look at this cool thing that I'm doing. Like the stories that they're telling, no, ballets are, are ridiculous. Ballets are funny and heartbroken, heartbreaking, and just yeah. joyous and sad and depressing and all over the map. And it's honestly this is such a good example of it, though. Just like <laughs> look at is. their expressions, like, look at great. their their costumes look at how they're doing the technique it's just this is not supposed to be taken seriously <laughs> no and, and i think honestly this is just you know kind of a, a thought that we'll probably talk about on a different episode mm-hmm. but it's so important if you are the teacher or the choreographer or the person putting a, pro- a program together for a show give your performers context give your dancers or your musicians or your actors or whoever context and then give your audience some context to understand the jokes that are happening mm-hmm. and the heartfelt weight of the things being performed because it would be a shame. It would be tragic almost if a ridiculous story like Alice in Wonderland is ever treated 110% seriously which people when the do the queen is running around trying to behead people when people read the book they think of it the same way it's not because it's, it's con- yeah, because it's, it's considered so a not. classic they're like stuffy it's boring it's like well that's no. but that's what i'm saying like if <laughs> you ever not. put it up on stage that way <laughs> i mean there's really dark retellings mm-hmm. that's fine but the the concepts being put out there are ridiculous oh yeah and if you if your performance doesn't reflect that you're not i don't think you're telling the same story (laughs) thank you for hanging out with us today if you would like to interact with us on social media you can find us at point and play on both twitter and instagram to find all of our videos that we talk about on the podcast as well as other things we think are interesting or important head over to our point and play youtube channel if you would like to support us by dropping us some money you can head over to either our monthly patreon or our one-time payment ko-fi link all of these links are in the episode description we'll see you next time